that's hilarious. Okay, that's fine. One of those will work. Yeah. We're doing we're doing good. We've we've got this technology thing Somewhat better. Better, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna go with we're the word better. Improved. We're not novices, but we're not experts. Correct. Don't come to me for any kind of advice in relation to uh this. <laughs> I feel like you are better at this than you think you are. Uh <laughs> I I'm good at Googling things. Hey, that's what my degree is in. Googling <laughs> things. That is so fantastic. I love that. Um, what is my degree in? Making things look nice. Aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got a degree in mood with a minor in vibes. Ooh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But not mood that fancy fabric store in New York. No. Is it fancy or is it just because Project Runway goes there? Uh, it's pretty nice. I know anybody who actually like, um, well, for example, my roommate mm-hmm. uh, and actually my mother. So people who work in like fiber arts uh, mood is. Okay. And it's not like the cheap. You're not going to go there for cheap fabric. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's a range, I think, from what I understand. But you're going to go there to find some like good ass fabrics nice mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah wow i look like i had a chemical peel on this video chat because uh, i got a little sun yeah today. you got a little bit of sun i can see it yeah. also should i welcome our guests welcome our guests to- we have a guest oh, oh. I <laughs> listeners i should really do the was- welcome back to detroit strange a podcast that we host yes. yeah that's chemical peeled just over there yeah, hi, that's me. And that's uh, Alex, who I thought maybe had an imaginary friend for a second, but I'm very relieved to hear he doesn't over there. Girl, I worry. I worry sometimes that I'm going to get the schizophrenia. You are. No, you're fine. I have a family history of it, though. And this is the age. Now is the time. Now is the place. I mean, that's true. And I guess it wouldn't be right for me to sit here and say, no, 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 no. But you're aware of it. Yeah. And you know, my I'm therapist assuming, is you know, aware of it. Of, He's keeping track. There you go. You're doing all the things you can do. Yeah. That's smart. It's yeah. very smart to, to take care of your mental health. For you sure. Do that. And I appreciate that you do that. Thank you. Yes. Um, Don't have to worry about you. Well, for that reason, anyway. <laughs> okay, fair. Oh, that was very nice of you to worry about me today, though, when yeah, I did not respond to your text. You went on like a four hour long bike ride, from what I understand. No, it was it was like two hours. Two hours. OK, but like but we, you know, we drove to a trailhead, too. Yeah. So Where and then at? we had to get the bikes on the car. We went to River Rouge and like connected through Heinz Park. So we started oh, nice. in I think it was Dearborn or Dearborn Heights. I'm not sure. And then um, went through a lot, went through like uh, Deer- U of M Dearborn's campus, apparently. And then, oh, nice. yeah, through like a lot of Heinz Park, but not all of it, because that park is long. It's a long park. I was just thinking really about how like, that's kind of starting to get towards my neck of the woods. Right. Stomping grounds. Not- Heinz Park? Yeah, because it's. Oh, where you grew up, where you grew up. Yeah, yeah. That's why I said stomping grounds. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was pretty, it was nice, and it was, you know, it's a decent-sized trail, so it was easy to actively stay away from other people, which is 
such a weird thing to be concerned with. But, you know, I went grocery shopping today and I just got a little stressed out of like, oh, my God, people are fucking everywhere. Get away from me. Stop it. Grocery shopping is like playing the game Frogger. It really is. And just like I am not the one sometimes like I already hate grocery shopping in normal times. Mm -hmm. And so just to add this like pandemic on top of it, I'm just like, maybe I'll just die. It's fine. I'll starve. It's cool. Please I got a lot of groceries today. <laughs> I make and I keep making the mistake of thinking that I drove to the grocery store. Cause like usually like I'll like go to Meyer on my way home from work. And so I'll shop mm -hmm. like I'm driving and then have to carry it all home. Like, I don't know if you saw my <laughs> snap today, but I had like 10 bags of groceries just like fucking hauling ass down nine mile. Oh, no, I have not seen that yet. That sounds awful. Um, it reminds me. This is a little different, but when I lived in L.A., I lived downtown, and so mm -hmm. my parking spot was like two to three blocks away from my apartment for a while. Because, uh -huh. you know, you have to buy a parking spot, and I was going to buy the cheapest one. Oh, yeah. Fine. Yeah. Plus, there was none by my uh, one of my buildings. So I had to every time I went grocery shopping, I got those two, two of those large Ikea bags uh -huh. and would just fill those mothers up to get them from my car. And then I'd also have to leave like non-perishables in the car sometimes. Like I'd be like, mm, we'll come back for you. I can uh, probably sit here for a day. That's OK. OK, I'll get the LaCroix tomorrow. OK, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I get that. Like my first mm -hmm. apartment in Ferndale, I parked like a block away, which wasn't like that far, but it was just like less convenient than I've been used to. Cause usually like everywhere I'd lived before that was like, I parked like right outside my apartment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, this was like, it was like two and a half blocks now that I'm thinking about it. And they were like city blocks. So they weren't, they weren't huge, but they, it, they're, they're sizable. It's a, it's a walk. Mm -hmm. Getting to my car took, you know, and there was an elevator involved if depending on what floor I had to park in. Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff too so the whole like from my apartment to my car situation was probably like a good 10-15 minute situation damn i get that yeah you know it was fine good i had a great view there was a hot tub on the roof i'm not complaining oh my god that sounds lovely i was just thinking about how i really wish that i had access to a hot tub notice how i said access to a hot tub and not had a hot tub I don't want the work of a hot tub. I just mm -hmm. want to be able to go into a hot tub. Yeah, there are a lot of like upkeep and tablets you have to put in and cleaning and. Oh, yeah. Like I've never had to upkeep a hot tub, but I worked at a pool for seven years and had to do all that pool chemistry stuff. And that was mm -hmm. a chore. And you were getting paid to do that chore. This would not you yeah. be paying to do this chore if it was yours. Right. Like the payoff would be a hot tub, which would be wonderful. But. Mm hmm. So one time in, I think it was like my mid-20s or something like that, my friend won a uh, radio contest mm -hmm. and there was a bunch of prizes. So she won, she got to go see like the Chili Peppers, I think in California or something like that, like all this stuff. But she also won a backyard party, I think to send her away to the concert. I don't remember why, but a big backyard party where they broadcasted from her backyard. <laughs> they gave her... A Mountain Dew uh, vending machine and a year supply of Mountain Dew and some other random stuff in a hot tub. And I remember like, Mountain Dew. Yes, basically. Ugh. And it was it was just hilarious because first of all, 
a hot tub, I mean, like, it's great to have a hot tub if you're prepared for it, but it is such, like, a big amount of upkeep. It's kind of a crappy gift just because oh, it's, it's, like... Oh, it's a terrible gift. Yeah, because it's like, expensive, here you go. too. Pay to have this installed and all this maintenance, and if you don't keep take care of it, it'll break. Not to mention, like, when you win stuff, like, you get taxed on it. Yeah. And she'd gotten all this stuff, and then this party, although... <laughs> Apparently, we were not good at partying. They thought we were very lame. <laughs> oh, no. They kept thinking, like, why don't you guys do something? Like, And we were like, we're just... And, but it was just like a summer, middle of the day, like, chilling kind of vibe. Right. Like, yeah. how hype can you expect me to get at 2 p.m. on a Sunday, bitch? Like... Yeah, exactly. It was hilarious. But hey, I remember being like, that's cool, but not cool. I mean, she won something. Like, I think she... That's a... This is at the time of like iPods too, so she won like an iPod and a kegerator or something too. Like, just like a just bunch a of ridiculous list. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cool to win that kind of thing, though. It probably feels cool. Oh yeah, no, I don't think she was like upset or by any means, and like a lot of it was really cool. It was like half the stuff was cool and half the stuff was like what, like weird, like some kind of sponsorship. Yeah, you have to be really into Mountain Dew. I've always wondered, how do they determine what a year's supply is? You know? I don't know. It was a lot, is all I can remember. Remember, And, like, I don't think we knew anybody who was, like, into Mountain Dew. So we were, like... Just handing them out in the streets. Dew. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. Yeah. What are you sipping on over there? It's really pretty. It's pink. Um, I know, I'm appreciating It is a color. whiskey sour. Yum. However, to make the sour part of it, I use... I think it's called, like, a raspberry orange... Okay. Every time during our grocery trips, we've seen like bags of them for like three or four bucks and they take they're like a little bit more tart than a regular orange. They're kind of delightful. So okay. we've gotten them a couple times and lemon with some uh, what's this stuff called? Simple syrup <laughs> and an egg white. I got real fancy. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and then bourbon. Um, You went much more fancy than I did. I did uh, a okay. Corona hard seltzer. Not a coronavirus, just a Corona hard seltzer. I was at the CVS the other day getting other things and I was standing in line Mm -hmm. and they had like a bunch of like hard seltzers and I was reaching for the case of White Claw. But then I saw the Uh Corona ones and I was like, Corona trying to come in for this hard seltzer trend. And then I looked at the flavors and like, oh, those flavors look like they might slap. So how is it? It's pretty good. Um, it's definitely better than Truly, which like Truly mm. is trash. Mm. Uh, I just like I like the flavors that come because they have mango in their variety pack. Oh, I do like That's it. Yeah, right I'm always kind of bummed with the um the White Claw variety pack because I'm not big on the lime. See the lime, I'm like the lime. Lime has grown on me. It's the raspberry I can't do. I love the raspberry one. Not as much as black cherry and mango. Those are my two favorites. And then it kind of goes raspberry grapefruit. I like the grapefruit, too. This is good. Like, if we ever get a variety pack together, it seems that we like the different flavors, so. Although, I don't know, you said mango, and I'm pretty into mango, so. But it doesn't come in the variety pack, though. Oh, of the White Claw. I thought you meant of this. Oh, no, the Corona Corona comes with a mango, cherry, blackberry, lime, and then tropical lime. Okay, okay. Yeah, there's that. Uh, what's that one? There's a another brand that's got like a mermaid on it that has very interesting flavors. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I can never remember what it's called. But I remember I had one on to that Lizzo concert last fall, and I was like, okay. "This is delicious." I have no idea what it's called, 
Like I feel yeah. like one's like blood orange tangerine or something. Like they're like um prickleberry pear or something. Like just like fancy nonsense flavors. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's definitely it's definitely uh, a <laughs> hard seltzer season though. I was gonna say we are not a hard seltzer podcast, <laughs> except for we're turning just into enthusiasts. One. We are hard yeah. seltzer enthusiasts, not experts. Mm-hmm. But we're getting I mean, there. it's summer. Yeah, I've had some. I had one, I think, on an episode a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes um, you gotta do it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say this. They're a great boat drink. Fair. I'm not I'm not opposed to going on a boat, but I don't think I would ever like own a boat. Same. Like really, like if my parents didn't much. have a boat, I wouldn't go on a boat. I think I'd rather just be at the beach. Well, not the beach. I'd rather just be like outside with people i don't know what i'm saying see i like the kayak more i like doing like a kayak or like a paddleboard something chill like a pontoon boat i'm here for but like my cousin had a surf boat or like a wake boat Mm -hmm. and like they would like surf behind it and i would just like sit in the boat and drink a white claw because i'm like i'm not coordinated for that shit so i'll sit here and watch you all fall it's fine yeah, I used to go like tubing when I was a kid, and I don't need to do that now, though. Tubing always sounds like a great idea, and then once you're doing it, it's like, this isn't Terrifying. fun. Why am I doing this? Yeah. Once you like bite your tongue accidentally because the water, because of one yeah. of those bumps, and you're like, oh, that's or what, like. I remember I did that as a kid, and I like, my tongue was bleeding. Damn. I just remember like flying up, but like, you like, just like there's like a thin layer of water and you just smack your ass down on the tube and it hurts so bad mm-hmm. or like <laughs> the way you fall off a tube it's never normal either because it's always oh, no. like you're always like chopping on the water to the side and then like you just keep going and the tube doesn't yeah i've literally skipped like a rock mm-hmm. just skipped across mm-hmm. the water and i'm like mm-hmm. i'm good I'm very much like a very, I'm a chill water person. Although I do like white water rafting. Same. I will say that. I haven't done that and I would like to do it at least once in my lifetime. Nothing too intense. Like I don't want to have to, I don't want to die doing it. Just like no. a little bit of thrill. Yeah, exactly. Same. I do like going when you're like ocean adjacent. Like, um, I'm not gonna lie. I do like, like a good, like whale watching or dolphin watching. Kind do of you bring boat. binoculars? No. I should. Yeah. No, I usually have a camera, though, which is kind of like binoculars. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Or those glass bottom boats. <laughs> Ooh. In tourist towns. Yeah. I'm into those. It's been a very nautical episode so far. It has. Maybe it's because of the weather. Yeah. Ugh, it's just been beautiful, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Could all use a pick-me-up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You ready for a story? I've got to do you today. I am very ready for a story. Good. So I figured. <laughs> what if I said no? Uh, no, I'm I not always ready. think about that when it's like the other person asking, like whenever you ask me, I'm like, what if I just said no? Like, would the episode just be over? <laughs> no, nope, I it's just... like, you're going to hear the story whether you want to or not. <sighs> Fine. I guess I'll listen or whatever. <laughs> So I decided, rule of three, I'm just going to do another Wicked Women of Detroit because they're all interesting and I don't know. It's a good story. I'm here. To, I'm here for it. Okay. But I will kind of I'm going to move off of it after this week because, like I said, rule of three. That's fine. Yeah, it's fine. 
So have you heard of Sophie Lyons and Teresa Lewis? No. Okay. Neither of them. It's an interesting story. So Sophie Lyons was known as the queen of the underworld and Detroit and Teresa Lewis was one of Detroit's first female undercover detectives, but had a seedy reputation. Ooh, for what? Like anything specific or just we'll get into that. Okay. wait, which one was the seedy one? Teresa was Teresa Lewis was the undercover detective and Sophie Lyons was the queen of the underworld. Okay. Okay. continue. So this is the story of both of them and their epic rivalry, which resulted in three courtroom trials and two battles in the streets. Ooh, interesting. So we're going to look at Sophie Lyons first, because she's one of America's most notorious female criminals. Mm-hmm. She's known for things like thievery, pickpocketing, shoplifting, and being a confidence woman. A what woman? Confidence woman. I so, mean, does she just have a lot of swagger? I mean, she probably did. I guess she was very charming, but like... I guess like the term confidence woman, it comes from like, like confidence trick or confidence game where like someone attempts to defraud someone else or organizations after gaining their trust. So like kind of like what Mother Eleanor did in my last episode where she kind of would like come in and just like make people trust her and then just like pull the fleece over their eyes. Okay, so she was just very charismatic. Yeah. Throughout her life, she had four husbands. Um, I'm not sure if they're completely separate or if there was overlap. It kind of sounds like there was overlap between them at some point. So interesting. Three of them were also criminals. So there was Ned Lyons, which I'm assuming that's who she got her last name from. Jim Brady and Billy Burke were some of the most like between the three husbands and her. They were some of the most sought after career criminals in the U.S. and Canada. And she was wanted in. um Major cities like New York, Philly, Boston, Montreal, and of course, Detroit. She was born on December 22nd, 1847 in either Germany or New York. Uh, It's not clear which one. One source said Germany, one source said New York. (laughs) Like, not even the same country. Nope. But, like, she did grow up in New York. So, like, what I'm thinking is probably, like, if anything, she was probably born in Germany and, like, moved here shortly after. Mm Mm-hmm. That makes sense. She got her start in crime early because, like, her stepmother taught her how to pickpocket and shoplift and would force her to go out into the streets and steal. She was first got caught stealing at age three. At age six, her stepmother set a quota of three purses a day that she had to steal. And then at 12, she was caught shopping. What? (laughs) That's insane that she had a quota to me. What age was she she when she had... Six. Six years old. She would steal three purses a day at six years old. I mean... Oh, my gosh. So clearly on the set on the wrong track to begin with. But so her struggling to learn the alphabet at six years old. Right. But she could steal a purse. Yeah. Three purses, not a purse. Three. Three. So her first marriage happened when she was 16 and she married another pickpocket named Mari Harris. And it didn't last too long because he was arrested and sent to the New York State prison for two years. And this is about the time she started becoming known as a confidence woman. And this was like fitting for her because it was said as a child, she dreamed of being a vaudevillian and she was apparently a talented actress and said to be able to quote counterfeit every shade of emotion. So okay. just like talented actress, smooth talker, pretty much talk her way out of anything. She could talk her way. Like she's able to like convince victims of her crimes to let her go. I'm guessing spin up some sob story. And she even convinced a store detective once that she suffered from kleptomania. Okay. That's yeah. Yeah. 
Interesting. And she got away, I'm assuming? Yeah. So marriage number two was to Ned Lyons, an accomplished criminal known as the King of Bank Robbers. Together they had six children. Sometime around 1870, they pulled off a Manhattan bank heist where they were able to steal approximately $3 million, or about $56 million today. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So they And then also make it home in time to take care of their six children. Yeah. I mean, but they were eventually caught and sent to jail. He got four years, she got five. But that didn't last long because a couple months into his sentence, Ned escaped. And in the late 1871, he posed as a fruit seller to infiltrate Sing Sing, the maximum security correctional facility in New York, and apparently broke through her jail cell wall, <gasps> got her out. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, so they, she, he, he got out of jail himself, then he broke her out, and then they escaped to Montreal, where, of course, they kept being criminals. And what year was this that the escape happened? 1871. Oh, my gosh. I'm imagining some, like, spoon digging kind of tunnel situation i'm just imagining like wacky sax playing as like old-timey constables are chasing her around (laughs) (laughs) and then the two constables accidentally run into each other yeah and like there's always that scene with like the doors like a scooby-doo hallway kind of situation (laughs) you go in one door and come out one on the other side and eventually you all come out the same door and looking at each other and like ah then you run away yeah so they did. Do, 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 do. Yeah. So they stayed in Montreal for a bit, but decided to go back to New York City uh, to Long Island. They were on Long Island. They were kind of just like pulling fast ones on vacationers there. And I think they were staying in houses in Long Island. But um, mm-hmm. they were recognized and sent back to prison to finish their sentences. So did they get any additional sentence? No. I guess they should have finished <gasps> their original. That's it. Yeah. What? Okay. Yeah. Wow. I know. The stuff that she got out of is going to blow your mind. Okay. So while she was in prison, though, she decided that she was done with Ned and New York had decided they were done with her. So when they released her, they released her with the condition that she had to leave New York. Any idea of where okay. she went? Detroit? Yeah. Picture ah. it. Detroit, 1877. <laughs> Uh, Her first year in the city, uh, she was relatively tame. She was caught lifting lace from a haberdashery and was arrested. Okay. She didn't make it to trial, however, because while in custody, she tied her bedsheets together and timed it just perfectly to hang herself and be found almost immediately. And she was revived and the judge took took mercy on her and just kind of dismissed it. Oh. Like, that's such a big gamble. Like, yeah. let me just hang myself real quick and hope that they notice right away so I don't actually die. That is bonkers. Yeah. This. I mean, go big or go home, I guess. I don't. Yeah. It's uh, terrible advice, but yeah. Oh, I know. Oh. But like, she did it, but it like kind of scared her away from the city for a little bit. So she went to St. Louis and Boston, where she was kind of doing the similar scheme of, um, trying to uh, seduce older men and trying to extort them for money. It didn't sound like she was successful in either city, but um, I think uh, she was gone for about a year. Then she came back to Detroit where she began a theft ring that reached as far as Cleveland. Okay. Interesting. So, now I'm imagining her as part of the bling ring only because <laughs> I still need to see that movie. Is it good? 
No, but it's entertaining. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I I saw it in theaters. Oddly Love enough. that for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's entertaining, especially because it's actually based on real yeah. events. So... Plus, yeah. it's always interesting to see someone like Emma Watson trying, like, doing an American accent. Because hers is pretty good, because I saw it in Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yeah, and I mean, I want to take it back. It wasn't, like, a terrible movie. I just would never be like, you should watch this movie. It's I know exactly what you well, mean. Yeah. I watched the trailer for it recently, because I'm like, do I want to watch this? I didn't watch yeah, it that you, night. I think, I think you would enjoy watching it. No matter what your opinion is of it, I think you would enjoy the actual watching of it. Now I want to watch it again, actually. <laughs> uh, maybe we should save it for when quarantine's over. We can movie watch it together. Mm-hmm. Or we could watch it on Zoom. That's true. So basically, so she started a crime ring. And I guess how it worked is the worker bees would steal things from their employers or would shoplift, graft, etc. to get stuff. And that would be funneled back to Sophie in Detroit where she would give the stolen merchandise to Bob McKinney, who would pawn the items around the city. Okay. So I'm assuming Bob was like just some person she... Someone part of a crime ring. Okay. So now we're going to Teresa's story a little bit. She doesn't have quite as long a backstory, but just a little bit more on her. So after that episode with Sophie where she tried to hang herself, the Detroit police were more suspicious of her. So like, well, she got away from the judge. The police were like, I don't know about this. And they decided to hire a female operative and plant her in Sophie's crime ring. Enter Teresa Lewis. Interesting. So her backstory isn't long, but it is a little tragic. So two years previous, her husband, Robert, had died in an insane asylum. And... Not sure when, but also she had lost her 13-year-old son, Frank, who had died of a congenital heart defect. And to oh. make ends eat, she had been running a boarding house. Mm. So it's just awful. Yeah. I'm sorry, it took me a second to, like, process all of that. Yeah, it, like, really yeah. shitty. Especially, yeah, and especially, I mean, did it say why her, her husband was committed in no. the first place or anything like that? No, it just said he died. That system. I mean, like. And we need a lot of help in our mental health care system now, but like, especially back, back then, then, like asylums were like, I've seen American oh. Horror Story Asylum. So. Yeah. I've been watching a ghost hunting show where they frequently go into de- defunct ones. I mean, that, lots oh, of, that's spooky. lots of spirit activity, we'll say. That's oogie. Uh, but no, that does break my heart. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, tell me more. So in the um, summer of 1881, she was working under um, a police superintendent by the name of Andrew Rogers, and she took a room at Lyons Boarding House on 20. So Sophie's Boarding House on 23rd Street, which was aptly nicknamed the Lions Den because her last name was oh. Lyons. Oh, oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So just like Sophie, though, she was. A uh, good actress, and she was able to earn Sophie's trust by spinning a sob story about how she was deprived from her home by thieving family members. Mm, and at night, by okay. ca- the light of kerosene lamps, she would meticulously note anything and everything suspicious that she had seen or heard that day. Okay. So, Sophie's downfall. Yeah. So, Sophie's downfall like would take the form of three gold watches. So, still 1881, it's now September, and President James Garfield had just been assassinated, and his remains were doing a countrywide tour so people could mourn him. Do they still do that with presidents? 
I'm trying to remember the last one that died. No, I, like, I was going to say it was Reagan last, right? I think I was just about to say, I think it's Reagan. Cause but I don't remember what happened. Bush number one still alive, right? I believe so. I'm not 100% on that, but I believe so. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it was Reagan. Yeah. But I don't remember how long ago that was. It's been a minute. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, like, flags and stuff are put to half-mast, but... Yeah. I don't don't know if there was any kind of... I don't know. I'm going to have a party when 45 dies. (laughs) Uh, fair. Anyway. So, um... There's this, so it was in Cleveland and perfect opportunity. A bunch of people like mourning and just like not really paying attention. And so they just like went there and started pickpocketing. And among the haul that they got was two gold watches that Sophie boxed up and had her housekeeper lock in her bureau. So Lewis snuck into Lion or Sophie's room and took the watches and brought them to the police. The police took down detailed oh. descriptions of the items and Lewis returned them to the like basically was like put them back as if nothing happened. Later, oh. she overheard that Sophie and Bob McKinney were discussing the plan for Bob to pawn the watches. Lewis alerted the shop and the police and lo and behold, Bob showed up with the stolen goods. Nice. So I know you're thinking that was only two gold watches. Yeah. Well, here's the third. Oh, phew. So on October 5th, 1881, Lewis decided to tail Sophie her housekeeper, Sarah Brew, and Bob McKinney. Okay. So she went as far, like, so she was really just, like, feeling the fantasy of being a detective. Like, she borrowed a blonde wig from her sister and put a handful of pebbles in her mouth to disguise her voice. That Which, like, I never dangerous. even thought to do, but, like, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I feel like you sh- should put, like, I mean, now we have other things, too, but, like, grapes or something, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Something that's not something edible. A rock. Yeah. I mean, if they're pebbles, though, if you swallow them, it's fine, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. This isn't a medical podcast. Don't swallow rocks. Yeah, no, please not. Maybe sunflower seeds. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But Pop rocks. Yes. They don't sound staticky. Oh, that's true. But it paid off because she overheard Sophie say that she's planning on visiting Ann Arbor the next day uh, because there's going to be a county fair where there's going to be a hot air balloon demonstration. Ooh. Ooh. So while she was there, Sophie, or as later claimed, someone who looked a lot like Sophie stole the watch of Harriet Cornwell, an elderly woman. A few days later, Sarah received a letter from Sophie with instructions to get the watch from the express office. The problem was Sarah, Sarah was a housekeeper. Sarah couldn't read, okay. so she gave the letter to Lewis, who read the letter. And right after she got done reading it, Sarah snatched it away and threw it in the fire, but the damage had already been done. Lewis had tipped off Andrew Rogers, the police de- superintendent, and he went to the express office where the watch was recovered. Oh, wow. So basically, it ended up with Sophie being, um, or Sophie facing two charges of theft, one for the Cleveland job and one for the Ann Arbor job. And she was baffled at how her seemingly perfect system had been cracked so like her system was kind of like steal things package them up and send them via like pony i'm guessing them at pony express but also american express existed back then and they did things like that so she basically she would ship them to detroit and have her housekeeper picked up the packages so american express was more like shipment and telegrams or something i believe so yeah that's how it started because american express goes back to like I want to say at least the 1860s, maybe 1870s. Yeah. 
No, that makes sense because I knew that they were like an older thing. I, and I mean, they even kind of include that, like even in their logo today. Yeah. Like the style of it. Yeah. So, but Sophie was like, how could this have happened? I had a perfect system. But then she connected the dots that someone had betrayed her. And she sussed out that it was Teresa Lewis. Ooh, dun, dun, dun. So she told her to move out of her boarding house. And Lewis took, so what Lewis did was she took as much property as she could carry and took it to Roger's office, claiming that it was probably stolen. Sophie, however, would not go down without a fight. She went straight to the police headquarters and reported to a patrolman named James McDonald that she had been stolen from and the culprit was Teresa Lewis. Ooh. And she even had an itemized list of what was stolen and included things like an opera glass, a gold thimble, jewelry, and bolts of fine fabric. Maybe for mood, who knows? Oh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> she did live in New York before. Yeah. Uh, so Lewis was actually handcuffed after the items were, of course, found in her trunk because she did take them. Um, mm-hmm. And Rogers, her boss, had believed her that it was a put up job. But there was still a very public examination happening of January of tw- or January of I don't know why I said 20. There's no 20 in this year. 1882. <laughs> there was a two. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So Lewis went on trial first for her supposed burglary or thief, thievery, larceny, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. All the things. Yeah. Yeah. So Lewis went in the courtroom. She had all the notes she had been taking of the suspicious shit that had been going on. And she had the police superintendent backing her up, Andrew Rogers. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would hope so. Yeah. As it's going to be a theme in many of the trials, there are many contradicting testimonies about who actually owned the stuff and how it got to be where. And I said, not only was Sophie queen of the underworld, she was also a stunt queen. <laughs> she showed up to the courtroom in a black dress and veil covering the top half of her face. And when asked about <gasps> it, she said she was ashamed of her past and didn't want the public to see her face. Oh, Bullshit. of course. Yeah. This is the one thing that has made her change her ways. Right. And so she also just like started to like tell a bunch of stories about all the items that were stolen and just like to make the jury believe that they're actually hers and not things that she had been stolen, like she had stolen herself. And among those possessions was a diamond stud that they both tried to claim as their own, each claiming it to be a gift from their former husbands. (gasps) What? Yeah. So like both of them claimed that it was theirs. And unfortunately, Teresa's husband was dead, so there's no chance of like him corroborating the story. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, if only they had a skilled medium like Mother Eleanor. <laughs> only. So the TLDR in this situation is, in the end, Lewis beats Sophie. Um, she had a witness with a clean reputation that was able to back up her story, and Lewis's attorney attacked Sophie's character with such language it reduced her to tears, which are most likely oh. crocodile tears. And the case of the case against Lewis was thrown out. Okay. So literally right after, like they, so basically the court was like, okay, this case is over. And right after they started to hear the case of none other than Bob McKinney, who was facing charges of selling stolen merchandise that surprise bitch. Sophie was charged for. Oh, interesting. So they kind of like got the drop on Sophie. Cause she didn't know that was happening. Yeah. And I was going to say that was very, planned i'm assuming oh yeah yeah 
So this this trial was for the watches in Cleveland, the two that she stole at the funeral. Okay. And the owners of the watches, Elizabeth Sheldon and Fanny Zack, testified against her. Their testimonies were enough for a judge to set examinations for Bob and Sophie. Luckily, there was enough time for Sophie to be tried in Ann Arbor for the watch being stolen there. And she would face Teresa Lewis in court with the roles reversed this time. Interesting. So remember that diamond stud I talked about? Yeah, the one that both of their husbands gave them? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it turns out it belonged to neither of them, surprising no one. But here's how it was discovered. So since they didn't know whose it was, Sophie's lawyer was able to get her the right to get it back if she paid its bond, which was set at twice the value of the piece. So they took it to a local jeweler, Rohem and Wright, for appraisal. The jewelers were able to confirm using a flaw in the side of the diamond and the jeweler's private mark on it that the piece was actually theirs that was stolen over a a year ago. What? Like, what are the chances that they took it to the jewelry store where it was stolen from? And they were like, this is ours. This is neither of them. Okay, two things. That is insane, because that is just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. That it's nuts. Yeah. Um, just absolutely bonkers. Secondly, I kind of like though that they would only release it at like double the or at a bond of double the price. Yeah. Because it's kind of like um Do you actually you know, want this? Is this actually kind of it reminds me of those those like tests where there's like I don't know, like here's here's this dog and two people are fighting over it and somebody's like, okay, we're going to solve this. We're going to cut it in half and you get the top and you get the bottom. You both get half of it. And the real test is like, which one is going to freak out about? Yeah. I mean, it's not usually a dog. I don't know why I called it a dog, but like you know, saying yeah. like, we're going to destroy this object and, and you each get half of this it. destroyed object. And then somebody's like, no, no, don't hurt it. And they're like, okay, it's yours. Yeah. Like, you care about it. So this is bad for both the reputations because it's clear now that they are both lying. And also, don't cut dogs in half. I'm sorry. I had to say it. It was on my brain. I get don't. it. Don't. Don't do cruel it. cruel and dogs are great. Go yeah. on. So and like the reasoning behind that is like they both, I think we're both trying to gain sympathy from the all-male juries. Of like, oh, my dead husband or oh, my husband gave me this. It has to be mine. So. Okay. So but, f- more for the story yeah of it okay so lewis was able to escape the consequences of lying uh because the da needed her to testify against sophie andrew rogers however was not so lucky as this would be the final blow to his career and he would resign shortly after Mm -hmm. i guess he kind of had some other issues like temper and other things that were against him and this kind of just was like the last thing okay so before we get into the first Ann Arbor trial, we need a street brawl. Oh, of course. Yeah. So luck would have it that they were both on the same train to Ann Arbor. Sophie noticed Teresa Lewis on the platform and used the element of surprise to claim that this woman had stole her gloves and attacked her. They got into such a <laughs> brawl that a circle of onlookers formed until the watchman noticed and pulled them apart, putting them on separate cars of the train. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So courtroom showdown one. Sophie started this trial by trying to discredit Lewis, claiming that she wasn't hired to gather evidence, but rather to create evidence to frame her. Claimed that the tailing story was false and that someone who just looked like Sophie stole the watch. Which, like, okay. Yeah, no. 
And again, there was just a ton of conflicting testimony saying that Sophie was both in Detroit and in Ann Arbor. Like people are saying, oh, no, she was in Detroit that day. Oh, no, she was in Ann Arbor that day. So nobody could place her. Okay. And so, Teresa Lewis took the stand for over four hours to provide details of everything. Whew. And again, this was followed by more conti- more testimonies just about her character of like people saying, oh, she's so honest and blah, blah, blah. And someone like, oh, no, that bitch can tell a story. Mm-hmm. Wow. So after five days, the trial came to an end and Sophie was sentenced to four years in the Detroit House of Corrections. Oh, yeah. we're hearing about that now. Call back. Yeah. <laughs> so she went to jail. Wait, did she have to wear? Did she have to wear one of those dress. felt dresses? I hope or so. Flannel dresses, yeah. So she went to jail, and that was that. Just kidding. So uh, the <laughs> state supreme court reversed the conviction, and a new trial would take place almost a year later. So she was convicted, had a sentence, and the supreme court of the Michigan, like Michigan Supreme Court, was like, "Ah, we're gonna re- reverse this. Let's try again." What? Under, like, what reason? They didn't say. um, But, so in the meantime, though, Bobby Kenny was found guilty of selling the hot goods and was sentenced to four years in the Jackson State Prison. Okay. So again, like I said, courtroom showdown number two happened a year later in January of 1833 in Ann Arbor. Mm -hmm. And it was very similar to the previous trial. Lewis told her story and the same witnesses were there to model the facts. Although there was one new witness, Andrew Rogers. He had resigned from his post, and while he claimed it had nothing to do with Lewis and her feud with Sophie, his attitude showed otherwise. He testified that she was not honest and would even lose his temper, like, getting so heated up talking about Lewis, the woman he hired. And, like, just basically they were like, this dude's crazy. So they didn't take anything, to, it didn't take anything <laughs> he said seriously, really. Okay. Wow. And so... The result was the same. The jury sided with Lewis and Sophie was sentenced to four years in prison and she went off to the house kicking and screaming. Did she actually stay there this time? Let's see. So a few months into her sentence, Sophie agreed to an interview and began playing the role of the falsely accused and unjustly imprisoned after being set up by the Detroit police. Naturally. And she was obviously like real salty about Lewis. Like she would have like physical reactions when she would hear this woman's name. (laughs) And when she heard that, like, she was so Teresa Lewis was going to write a bi- biography about Sophie. And so mm-hmm. Sophie was like, I'm going to beat her to the punch and write my own story. <laughs> wow, there is. Yeah, some saltiness here. Like, oh, yeah, just you wait. But I kind of love, too, that this woman who, like has really kind of paved her own whatever she wants. Like, she's running these crime rings and all this stuff. And this she other have... woman can, like, get under her skin like this. Is yeah. kind of... Yeah. Because she, be- she beat her at her own game. I think that's what it is. Like, she oh, beat totally. her at her game. So she's like, uh uh-uh, there's only one of us in town, and it's going to be me. Yeah. Oh, keep going. I don't know what Sophie had on the Michigan Supreme Court because yet again, they reversed the decision and that would mean another trial. Oh, why? I don't know. The trial was supposed to happen in October of 1883, but Lewis was battling breast cancer at the time and it was postponed until March of 84. Okay. So she did she survive? She did. She did. Okay. Wow. So, yeah. 
So the trial started happening in that March of 1884, and they're going the same way again until Sophie's attorney started a conspiracy theory in which Jackson millionaires were helped by the Detroit police to frame Sophie at any cost. And he argued that Lewis's story was full of holes. Like, why would Sophie send a letter to Sarah knowing that she's illiterate and that oh, witnesses couldn't place Sophie on the day so a look-alike thief was possible? Hmm. Do you think it worked? Okay. I mean, it's not... Mm, no, because the court seems to always find her guilty. It's just the Supreme Court that likes to get her out. You'd think that. So oh, no. it turns out third time's the charm and she was acquitted and the trials were over. That is absolutely bonkers. And it, it, he, here's another question. Like yeah. things from her past ever come up? Like the fact that she had broken out of prison know. before? I don't know. Cause like, you know how record keeping was back then. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I guess it's like why people move States and stuff sometimes too, because I don't think your past would necessarily Follow as you. easily follow you. Yeah. yeah. So after all wow. this, Sophie decided this was enough for her and she just wanted a quiet life now. Oh, so she retired. No, she crime. wanted revenge. Oh. That was sarcasm. <laughs> so enter street oh. brawl number two. So a week after she was acquitted, Sophie spotted Lewis on the corner of Woodward and State Street and attacked her. Like, Sophie just, like, got the drop on her again and just fought dirty as can be. Like, a crowd circled around, like, every high like, school fight film. Like, fist fist flying, hair pulling? Like, I, yeah, like, I guess she pulled her hair and hat so hard that, like, the pins flew out and her hat went flying away. And, like, literally was, like, kicking her while it was, she was down, like, with her pointy-ass boots. Like, oh no yeah so i guess that the crowd recognized them and let the fight happen for a little bit but then like once sophie started literally kicking lewis while she was down they kind of broke it up oh uh, did it say anything too about like what the public thought of either of them at this point in time like it didn't or were really? you either a sophie girl or a um Teresa girl i know i wonder if this was like the thing back then i wonder if you well, know they all if they recognized them, then yeah. Because, I mean, that's a lot for them to be recognized back then. That means that their pictures had to be in the papers. Oh, yeah. They had to be talked about. And again, you had to be a Teresa or Sophie. I mean, I'm team Teresa. I think I'm team Teresa, too. Yeah. As much as I love a schemer, scammer, and a criminal, she's playing way too dirty. Yeah. So this brings us to the final legal battle. So basically her attack on Lewis uh, added an assault charge to her rap sheet. Okay. And Lewis was to testify one last time in Cleveland. So this is for the Cleveland watches again. Okay. So she took the stand one last time. What? Yeah, that was the two watches. That was the two watches, yeah. So little did she know it would be her last time on the stand because on May 11th, 1886, uh, she succumbed to the breast cancer and... Uh, she cited, like, I guess, the belief back in the day that like physical altercation could aggravate the cancer and bring it back, which we now know is false. But so, but basically, with her died the chances of getting any charges to stick on Sophie Lyons. Wow. So Sophie was able to claim that Lewis started the fight, and since Lewis was the only other witness, it worked, and she ultimately got away with the Cleveland theft too. What? Yeah. Wow. That's 
How how roughly how old would she have been at this point in time? Eighty six. So where was she born? Uh, she was born in forty seven. So forty thirty nine. Okay. Okay. Um. So yeah, she's like thirty nine at this point. Wow. Yeah, and so <laughs> she after all this, she decided to leave Detroit for a bit and went back to New York City. But she never lost her hatred for Lewis. Like, again, I guess even the mention of her name would send her into a fit of rage. And Sophie wrote a memoir in 1913 called Why Crime Does Not Pay. Interesting. But she never mentions Teresa by name. Like, it's, she like does, like, I guess she like tried to avoid mentioning her in her book, even though like such a big part of the story is her. Does, is there any representation of her or it just kind of like skips over those parts of the story. I don't know. I was trying to look up the book, but it, like, I don't know if it was actually a popular enough book, but, um, mm-hmm. any, so basically she wrote her memoir. She moved back to Detroit and oddly enough, became a philanthropist and prison reformist. Oh, wow. She dedicated I the last mean... few years of her life to helping get those on the path to be criminal. Like get those on the path of becoming criminals on the right path. Like basically just like I think she worked with like some kind of like I can't remember the organization's called. Basically it was like get yourself back on the right path. Yeah. I mean maybe she had remorse for some stuff. Maybe. I don't know. Especially because like I don't know. Teresa... I... Just like well, I was... I, I... Oh good. Oh, I was just going to say, like, with Teresa passing and all, I wonder if it had any kind of emotional effect on her. Like, I know she didn't like her, but also sometimes people have, like, almost a weird um, relationship with an enemy, too, because, like, yeah, you know, I wonder if that in some weird way maybe gave her like, I'm almost wondering if she got guilt finally. I don't know, because, like. This woman was kind of heartless. I was reading a story on her Wikipedia page that she once tried to get her son sent to juvie just to get rid of him. Oh, wow. Like, I guess there was this huge scene that like, he's like this. She's like, he's a truant. He doesn't go to school. He's always sneaking out at night. And he's like, well, you're a fucking criminal. You steal shit. (laughs) Um, It was I won't go into details, but basically, I also wonder what happened to her six children. Yeah, it says nothing of them. I'm guessing they probably just other like, than the one. I'm guessing they're like sitcom children. They like came up when they were needed and they were never needed. So. Mm-hmm. Well, especially when both uh, both of them, both her and her husband at the time, like went to jail and they had six kids. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm sh- I'm assuming they probably went to another family member of some sort, but. Yeah. Dang. Uh, last thing. She died in Detroit on May 8th, 1924 at the age of 75. My sources are The Wicked Women of Detroit by Tobin T. Book and Wikipedia and the Detroit Free Press via newspapers.com. Like, I actually found news clippings from, like, things as they were happening. And, like, one was um, about Lewis's passing, unfortunately. The other one had something else to do with Lewis. I think it was her getting arrested, though. Okay. So that is the story of the long feud between Sophie Lyons and Teresa Lewis. That is crazy, right? Yeah, just completely bonkers. Wow. Uh... Right? (laughs) 
I don't even have any extra words for this. This It's just... That was a very shocking story. I felt like I was watching a movie. How has a movie not been made about this? I was thinking the same thing as I was like making my notes. I'm like, this would make a great movie. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I also, it's interesting because like, I mean, I've never heard of either of them. uh, And you were able to find out so much about that. It's, it's crazy to think about like all the information that is out there sometimes potentially. Yeah. Good job. Thanks. I'm speechless. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. Well, I think I've earned a game. You have earned a game. Well, two truths and a lie. Yeah. Which actually, this is going to be about a lady. I'm pulling it up right now. Ooh, what lady? I do love ladies most of the time. Um, (laughs) Platonically. uh, This is about that woman from Michigan. Oh, I love her. I mean, not everybody's going to be perfect or anything like that, so I'm not going to yeah. say 100%. But, like, right now, I... I really appreciate her sticking to her guns and... I do, too. ...trying to keep the people of Michigan as safe as possible. I know that, like, the gun people are not happy about it, but... Mm-hmm. And I do, I do really feel like her whole objective right now is just to keep people as possibly healthy as, as she can. Yeah. Um, and I think she's getting a lot of pushback. And, you know, not only from people, but from people with within the the capital, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, like she yeah, even so said, I, I was reading her statement that because she extended the emergency state of emergency mm-hmm, yeah, to the 28th, I think. Yeah. And yeah. like when lawmakers were like, you don't have the right, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I think you're forgetting that 600 people died in the past 72 hours. Like, this is real. Mm-hmm. It's happening. I know that everyone's seeing the effects, but, like, 600 but re- people dying in 72 hours from a single disease in, like, one state alone. Yeah, that's crazy. not okay. And it's no. not something that you can just... Not to bring it down. Course. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Not to bring it down. And actually, I I stayed away from... I mean, there's a little bit of... In my two truths and a lie, there's a little bit of politics because there's not a lot of just like information about her, unfortunately, out there. I ran out when I searched for like like facts about her, just trying to read facts about her. After five Google pages, the stories run out. Wow. Yeah, because it's and most of it, honestly, a lot of the news is from right now, too. So it was hard to find out. So I'm going to give you. Three facts. Okay. Um. So she originally ran for Michigan House of Representatives in the 1990s, but was unsuccessful at first. Okay. Her favorite Michigan food is Pizza Popolis. Okay. And she's a Lizzo fan, at one point describing Good As Hell as her favorite song. I'm going to say two is the lie. Okay. Is it? You are correct. (laughs) Okay. I was going to say she wouldn't pick Pizza Popolis. That's Chicago style pizza. When there's Detroit style pizza, you don't pick Chicago style pizza. I almost said Jets pizza, but my roommate said that nobody would pick Jets pizza. <laughs> but I was really? like, I might have. Yeah, I, I like Jets. Jets. Oh, I should have written Jets pizza, but that's okay. First of all, though, she might choose Chicago style pizza because she's from Grand Rapids. That means she was nothing. born in Grand Rapids. It does, though. That's closer to that's or just it's as close to, to Chicago. Chicago. But like, yeah, I mean, I lived in Grand Rapids for five years. I don't think I saw any yeah, but Chicago you didn't, style pizza. You weren't you weren't raised there though. True. During your formative pizza eating years. True. 
<laughs> uh, no, but so her favorite, this is actually kind of funny because it was an interview on, I think it was public television. I watched a short video and she said her favorite Michigan food was Verner's, <laughs> which isn't a food. Maybe she meant like a Verner's float or a Boston cooler. She she did actually say, she said when she was a kid, she used to love getting Verner's and her siblings, anytime they come back into town, because I think some of them moved out of state, like they always want to take Verner's back with them because they did used to have, you know, it with the ice cream and stuff like that. But it was just funny because they were like, what's your favorite Michigan food? And she's like, Verner's. And I was like, it's not food. <laughs> but it also, it's a respect, respect for the Verner's for sure. Oh, for sure. Uh, I did enjoy that she's a Lizzo fan. And then actually, I just found it interesting that she did run for the House of Representatives in the 90s, but was unsuccessful. In 2000, though, she tried again and was elected to represent the 23rd Legislative District, kind of launching herself onto the career that led her to governor. And I, I like that tenacity and, you know, not not giving up on things. Do you think she's going to be Biden's pick for VP? She doesn't want to be, actually. I read an article that she really likes Michigan. She doesn't really want to leave the state. She doesn't want to live in D.C. I could see that. She does seem very like Michigan is my home, which I like. I like that in a governor that's not like Mm -hmm. trying to ladder climb. It seems like she's exactly where she wants to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, if she did end up being chosen or whatever, I wouldn't be shocked at this point right now. Oh, me neither. Uh, It is very interesting, though, too, because she also has a lot of really strong views on um women and like women's rights to choose and things like that from personal experience. I won't go too far into it right now, Mm -hmm. but I think that's incredibly interesting and that she is very open about her experiences. And, uh, that's not always like the easiest thing for people to do. And I have a lot of respect for her and a lot of respect for her kind of taking those personal experiences, you know, in which she's trying to help situations that she doesn't see as, I don't know. She, she's trying to take something negative from her past and do something good for other people. And I enjoy that. Same. Yeah. Sorry. That was a very long winded way of saying that. No, but a couple good. other things about her. She's the 49th governor of Michigan. Okay. Like I said, she was born in Grand Rapids. She went to MSU for both her undergraduate and her law degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was the Michigan Senate's first female Democratic leader from 2011 to 2015. Love that. Yeah. So and, and again, there is a lot more facts about her out there yeah uh, especially in relation to her politics but i kind of wanted to learn just a little bit more about her as a person i know that her favorite beer is two-hearted well she did point that out <laughs> after that SNL thing Cecily strong which i think Cecily strong did a funny impression of her i loved that sketch i Same. know a lot of people did i know one of my friends didn't really enjoy it that much but um I thought it was great. I think it particularly like being here in Michigan, we, you know, we, I, I don't know how much other people see, you know, yeah. I know it is, it's made national news and she's made national news. There are people with guns I don't in know. the con- or the Capitol building, just like, <sighs> which yeah. like, it's so disheartening. I really just don't like guns. <laughs> oh, I hate, I despise guns. I, I, I squirt guns, water yeah. guns. That's fine um cookie gun a super soaker gun, money gun those are acceptable everything else yeah. no uh so maybe we should look for something positive yes. that's happened this so weather. wait yeah this weather is definitely very positive it's be beautiful tomorrow i'm very excited about it 
Mm-hmm. I've also seen like a lot of people, obviously like a lot of people have had birthdays because birthdays don't stop. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of um, people just really treating people very well on their birthdays. Like a lot of people have posted things of like, so-and-so like dropped this thing off or like did this or surprised me with this. And like, I think that's so nice yeah. to hear. Uh, I've really, I've enjoyed those things a lot. Yeah. People seem to be pretty neighborly right now. And I like that. Yeah. I met my neighbor for the first time, actually. I had a nice little conversation. uh, I don't know, last week sometime, end of last week sometime. And, you know, I actually got to talk for a minute from a safe distance, obviously. But I don't think I've known a neighbor in my last apartment at all, even. I've, I like give like the, Hey, just like wave mm-hmm. when I walk past, mm-hmm. but I don't stop to talk very often. Yeah. It's, it's refreshing. It is. So this weather also SNL, I'm going to put SNL on the positives list right now because that stuff has been super refreshing, super motivational to me. Um, not that I've done anything with it, but like, I mean, I just, I haven't watched a ton of it, but like, I think it's interesting seeing them have to adapt to this. I think they're doing a good job of adapting. They're doing a great job of adapting. And also they still obviously have like a higher production quality than a lot of things, but like a lot of it's not high production quality because it is just their cell phones or like whatever they have access to at home yeah. to make the things. Um, the second episode was a little different than the first one. So, uh-huh. you know, they made some changes and such, but I know that they also I know in the first one, I'm pretty sure that the performers wrote most of them that they did themselves. The second one, I'm assuming there was probably a little more collaboration, it seemed like Mm -hmm. maybe going on. Um, Not to say there wasn't any in the first one, but it's just it's been incredibly interesting to almost watch this like stripped down version of this thing that's been going on for like decades. years. Yeah. Yeah. And like. I don't know. They adapted and like, yeah, they haven't done one every week or anything like that, nor, you know, and I don't think that they necessarily like need to. It is whatever people can yeah. do right now, but it's just cool. And like Kate McKinnon's cat has been in like both of them. <laughs> like, she did one just, yeah, she did one where her, she was like a cat um, shelter place, like trying to adopt out cats. Uh-huh. And she just made her cat like every cat that she was trying to introduce. Oh, my God. I love that. Yeah. Ad Bryant's have been like amazing. It's they're, they're, they've just all been really good, and I don't know. I I I like to see what I like the creativity. I guess because I do think it's maybe not not that it's not creative usually, but I it's feel like, like it forces more... like a different kind of creativity. Like it just I feel like Bare once you have creativity. like different like once the parameters have changed, it kind of forces you to think a little differently. Yeah, and it's been incredible incredibly refreshing just to like watch it i think this is stupid but i don't care i think i like teared up after the first one oh because i was just so like that was really cool i just like i felt that um i was trying to think of what i've teared up at recently and i'm pretty sure it was the princess diaries oh that's totally fair it's a good movie both of them it's been second the first one's okay. better. Yeah, the first one's definitely better. Yeah. Well, I think now that we've found a happy note. Yeah. Maybe it's time to wrap it up. 
Yeah, so if you want to follow us, you can follow us on Facebook, Detroit Strange, at Detroit Strange on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to email us, it's DetroitStrange at gmail.com. And make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, particularly, I know Apple Podcasts is a great place for uh, that the rating and reviewing. Yes. And yeah, and make sure that you listen to other planet. Well, listen to podcasts. Yeah. It's a really good time to listen to podcasts. Put it on, clean your house, just walk around, do whatever you're going to do, sit in the backyard, whatever you're going to do. Um, I know, you know, we're not in the car as much anymore, but listen to podcasts. Uh, Planet Ant Podcast has a plethora of them right now, and a lot of them are producing new content. So check back in. And there's going to be some new shows coming up. Nice. New shows on the incubator and then another new show, which I'll plug once it comes out. But I'm excited. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I think just lastly, um, don't forget about our Threadless. If you want to get some merch, DetroitStrange.Threadless.com. I think we have a link to it in our Instagram as well. But check it out. We got some cool stuff. Yeah. And keep staying safe and stay home. Yes, stay the fuck home is what Owl Presents has been saying at the end of all their videos. Yep. I like that. I like that too. But in addition to staying safe and staying home, stay, stay strange. strange. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was recorded by Sax and Violence.